Welcome to Chamberlain University's MSN CourseCast. Each episode in our series will introduce and discuss key concepts from the modules in one of your courses. These episodes are intended to enhance your learning when you're on the go, so feel free to listen to them anytime and anywhere. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Carrie Simpson, and I am an associate professor for the MSN Specialty Tracks Accelerated Tracks. And today we are going to discuss podcast number three for NR527, Conflict Management and Abuse of Power. And before we get started on that, I would like to introduce our guest, Dr. Tracy Stogner, who is a curriculum coordinator for the MSN Accelerated as well as Specialty Tracks. So glad to have you with us today, Dr. Stogner. And before we get started, I just would like to see if you would do a little bit more of an introduction with your background. Oh, sure. I'm happy to do that. Thank you again so much, Dr. Simpson, for inviting me. I'm so happy to be with you and the students in this forum called Learning on the Go, where we deliver important concepts uh, in regards to the lesson via the podcast forum. So this is such a fun way to interact with our students. And just a little bit more about me, as Dr. Simpson mentioned, I am the curriculum coordinator for MSN specialty tracks, as well as the accelerated track and an associate professor here at Chamberlain University. Uh, But a fun fact uh, about me is I'm also a clinical nurse specialist and nurse practitioner specializing in mental health. And uh, one of the fun things that I did a lot in my practice uh, was do marriage counseling and family therapy. So in that, I became well-versed conflict uh, management and conflict resolution uh, because there's a lot of that that tends to go on in sessions like that. So I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Dr. Simpson felt like I would be a good match for these podcasts and in this <laughs> this one in particular. So I'm happy that you invited me to, to be on this. Thank you. Oh, we're happy to have you. And so getting started, just kind of an overview of what we discuss in this podcast today. First is going to be the topics of conflict management as well as abuse of, and how those can actually lead to breakdown in communication and decrease collaboration within a team. And we've all had those experiences. And so really just kind of going over how those both can lead to that breakdown and how abuse of power can actually decrease the trust within a team and especially the leader. Abuse of power a very, very um, negative experience, it can lead to very poor outcomes. And so really just keeping that in mind. So let's begin. And Dr. Stogner, if you would, can you share a little bit with us about conflict? I'd be happy to do that. And we touched a little bit on this in uh, podcast number one of this course in our 527, where we discussed communication. Uh, but conflict occurs in every aspect of life. So it's not something that's just isolated to nursing, it includes mm-hmm. businesses, all areas of business. And when intense conflict arises, it can lead, as we talked about before, to a breakdown in communication if proper methods for handling the conflict itself aren't implemented. So, you know, if it's not sort of stopped in its tracks, it can become a bad thing. But 
as we remember from our podcast number one, conflict is not necessarily a negative experience and does exactly. allow for the sharing of ideas. And that's something really important to remember. You don't always want to give conflict a negative connotation because it's not the conflict itself. Um, it's if it's not addressed, that's when it can lead disruption and collaboration and achievement of goals. And that's where it can go down that more negative path. But quite often, um, when conflict is handled in the right way, it leads to um, moving forward and a growth of the team, of that person, um, of each other in a cohesive manner. So sometimes it's necessary for conflict to occur. So it's really important. Don't be scared of conflict. Um, it's Absolutely. all in the handling right. of the conflict. And I think that's what we're going to focus on today is how to handle it. Perfectly stated, Dr. Stogner. And it's important to understand of how most deal with conflict. And so in week five, we actually go over what's called the Thomas Kilman model. And it identifies dimensions as well as five styles when dealing with conflict. And so when we look at the dimensions, we look at from the perspective of the leader themselves. And so looking at assertiveness versus cooperation. And so when we think about assertiveness from the leader standpoint, it's the amount of effort the leader puts in to achieve their own goals and objectives. So really more of a self-focus versus the cooperation. And that's where it's the amount of effort allowed by the other members of the team to achieve those goals and objectives. And so those two together are the dimensions we look at. And so when we think about, and we can all think of our own styles and we've used various styles, but the five main styles when dealing with conflict we think about is, and I'm gonna go over a couple of these, then I'm gonna actually hand it over to Dr. Stogner, also go over a few of the others. I think about, and we've all been in these experiences, the competitor. Mm -hmm. And so when a leader is competitive when dealing with conflict, it really looking at it being more of a high assertive approach versus and low cooperation. So when you think about that, there's obviously going to be a winner and there's obviously going to be a loser. And this is a big time where there's power struggles. So usually at the center of this type of uh, a response is power struggle. And a lot of times what that does to the team is it leads to negative feelings and absolutely a loss of trust. Yeah, it's kind of that my way or the highway, right? My way or the highway, exactly. <laughs> That's how it is. This is what I say, just do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas the collaborator, so really kind of to the opposite of that, collaborator is the one who really is thinking about the team and the approach together as a whole. And so both the men are really looked upon. And so you're working with other members, formed upon an agree, agreed decision and how to best respond to the conflict. And so what does this do with your team? They know they're being heard. They know that they're being encouraged to voice their views. This promotes trust and it encourages both dimensions to be active in the process and promote a long-term solution to that conflict. And first two, Dr. Wagner, do you wanna continue on? Sure. So, and just before we go, so the collaborator is high in both assertiveness and cooperation. Yes. Correct, that's the collaborator, okay. And so we're gonna go next to compromising. So compromising is equal levels of assertiveness and cooperation, so not much collaboration, and mostly looking for the path of least resistance. So the compromiser exactly. is always wanting to compromise. And sometimes that's okay, you know, in certain situations that's that's needed. And other times, you know, you want a little bit 
some assertiveness in there because maybe the compromise isn't the best choice. So just some things to think about in regards to that style. Um, then there's the avoiding. That's a person who doesn't acknowledge the conflict and removes themselves from the situation. So ignore it and it will go away is kind of their mantra or burying their head in the sand. <laughs> As mm -hmm. we like to say, some people just think if they ignore something, it'll just, if this is not happening if I pretend it's not happening. <laughs> and we all know that that is not the case. And that can be really frustrating um, when you've been in a position as a follower and you have a leader that's just kind of ignoring that anything is happening and kind of turning a blind eye. That can be really frustrating. Exactly. Of this can lead to burnout and negative feelings and no real uh, dimension pieces used. So again, um, not a lot of growth happening. Then there's the accommodator. Uh, this is high cooperation and low on the assertiveness. Um, they want to maintain harmony, so they tend to give in to maintain peace. So again, a little bit probably more higher on the spectrum than the compromiser. The compromiser compromises and, and compromising is good. Accommodating though, just giving in to maintain the peace and to keep the peace can be very frustrating to mm -hmm. your followers who really believe in your ideas and want to support you and then you're just always accommodating the squeaky wheel. So that's something to think about. So these are all different styles and approaches and hopefully in learning about these, it will help you um, as you look at ways that you deal with conflict. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, they all have important components, right? I think so, uh, Dr. Simpson, and they need to be used. There's appropriate times. There's times when you need to compromise. Um, there's times where um, maybe you might need to avoid a little bit, not avoiding, but uh -huh. maybe just, you know, ignoring that squeaky wheel who always gets the attention. There's times where you need to be assertive in certain situations and times of crisis. We don't always have time to compromise. We have to assert and, and get the job done in, in a time of crisis. So there's times when you need to use these types of styles. But again, uh, the one you kind of want to hang out with the most are the ones that use both of those things of uh, assertiveness and cooperation together. Don't you think, Dr. Simpson, for the majority? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And again, that you definitely want to promote a supportive atmosphere that builds on allowing voices to be heard, even though it's not always going to go every person's way every single time, but allowing their voices to be heard. That is where you're going to gain trust. And so it's really, really important to promote that your unit. And again, just like Dr. Stogner mentioned, there may be times that the others will have to be used, but these are the various styles that we see most often when, when dealing with conflict. Mm -hmm. And so when dealing with conflict, it's important to understand those individual methods. And so Dr. Stogner, what are some ways you can think of best conflict? Like, what are some things that uh, when you're dealing with that as a leader that you really should implement when addressing conflict? Well, I think one of the most important is the active listening. So allowing others to share their views. Um, okay. Even when you might be thinking the opposite, you might not agree with their views, but this demonstrates respect. Absolutely. You know, when I would first sit down with a couple or a family that were having difficulties, I would ask each of them, you know, what do you see? as the problem. Uh, why are you here to see me? I want to hear hear what your view is and, and what you feel is most important. So it's important to get their opinions and it just shows respect to that you're valuing what they have to yes. say. 
And the active piece is so important. So the way we can active listen is leaning forward, nodding our heads when someone's talking to us, looking at them when they're addressing us. Um, those are some ways we can actively listen to people. And I think that when you think about that, Dr. Stogner, I mean, think of a time when you've been talking to somebody and you knew they weren't listening. Mm-hmm. And how truly yeah. that breaks down, They that breaks down the collaboration right there and that breaks down that breaks down yes they're that they know that they're not being respected and they know that they're you know trust is definitely impacted so absolutely it it feels like you're just placating to them like you're letting Mm -hmm. them talk but you don't really care what they have to say exactly so that's why the active listening piece is super important so you have to have a poker face (laughs) (laughs) i found that to be a great benefit to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) marriage counseling you have to have a poker face and when someone says something that's just off the wall you just cannot react and you just have to maintain that active listening and let them you know say even if it's an idea that you're like wow that would never work you don't Mm -hmm. want to reflect that in your face because Mm -hmm. you want to allow them the space to share. And that's, again, kind of creating that safe space, Uh, but also allowing time to reflect on the situation after all sides have been addressed. So once everyone's kind of said their piece, um, having a moment to kind of reflect and encouraging those um, that are in the conflict situation, you know, to remind them that, okay, so conflict does not occur by itself. Conflict occurs with two or more individuals. So it's really important that we all look at ourselves and think about what could we possibly be doing to contribute uh, to the conflict, you Uh know? And I think that's important that, you know, people come with an open mind and that they come open to also reflect on themselves um, is, is essential. Ask any questions to clarify areas of ambiguity. So if you didn't quite understand, so you can do that with, now what I'm hearing you say is, and then you tell them and say, is that accurate? And, um, and that way, you know, if you've heard them correctly. And sometimes when you do that, like some people can say something that comes across really abrasive and you're like, okay, that's not helpful. Uh, but you, you think that you don't say it, but what you can say is, okay, so I get what you're saying. I hear you. So what I'm hearing you say is, and then you sort of frame it in a more positive manner. And then you ask them, is that what you were, is that what you're saying? And they'll clarify for you. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And sometimes they'll even laugh. They'll be like, oh, you said it much nicer than I would have said it. But yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I was saying. And like, okay, let's, you know, stay in that space of the nicer version. And then, of course, presenting your ideas in a non-judgmental approach. So we're not judging Very true. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're not in the position of judge and jury when you're a conflict manager. You're not uh, handing down the the judgment for, you know, you are the bad person, you are the good person. Um, That's not the job in conflict management. The job is to resolve the conflict. So, again, in making sure we don't bring our biases in. So maybe there's a person that you get along with a bit better uh, and one of your followers that, you know, maybe tends to be a person that you really click with and has kind of more in line with your personality and ideas, really important not to show that in, in a situation like this. I had to do that a lot in marriage counseling. I had to be very careful being a female that I did not favor 
the the female or I did not favor the male in relationships or if it was a couple that was a lesbian couple I just had to be very very careful that I maintained neutrality I always said I'm Switzerland here so maintaining that neutrality I think is really key but yet not letting someone bully someone either so if you see that happening stepping in and saying you know okay Let's try and rephrase that in a way that would be supportive to so-and-so. So how could you state what you just said in a way? And, and Or go back, let's not talk about what that person's doing. Let's talk about our feelings. So how did that make you feel when she said that or when he did that? You know, let's talk, well, that made me feel angry. Okay, well, now we're getting somewhere. Let's. It's okay to feel angry. Angry is a mm -hmm. viable emotion. And so that's kind of how you, how you really kind of step in and kind of navigate through the conflict without uh, showing bias or favoritism. Super important. And, I, and I think some other important reminders for the leader, you're absolutely going to have times when you're challenged and your initial response may be initially pushback right. and be frustrated. And, and we all have that. That's an initial response all the time. And we all have had those experiences, but you need to stop think about the situation and remember that a conflict usually isn't a personal attack on your individual view. Uh, it could be, you know, various things that are leading up to others' views on this that maybe aren't in exact sync with yours. That doesn't mean to take it personally. And, a lot, and, and again, easier said than done. We've all been there. But this is where that emotional intelligence really plays a role in taking a step and allowing your emotions to calm down, allowing others to have that opinion. And, and again, that fosters that team development. And so you really want that. You want to actively engage them in these discussions. And you want it to be done in a professional manner, even when it isn't opposing to your in, own individual views. Mm -hmm. But again, that will demonstrate emotional intelligence and it will build mutual respect. Because as, as they see that for you, demonstrating it to them, they're going to do that back most often. Uh, and so maintaining calm, I think, is super, like you just said, maintaining, not showing your frustration, even though that person may be really pushing your buttons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and how and many that, times have we had that happen, you right? Segue, you segue perfectly into that next thing. Having an understanding of your individual triggers. Mine's eye-rolling. Somebody eye rolls and, mm -hmm. and you see, you know, understanding those individual triggers and how that creates that frustration in you. So when it occurs, you're able to handle it in a professional manner. But it's really important for you to have that understanding of what personal triggers are. And we all have those as well. I, I want to ask you, Dr. Stogner, you discuss a time when there was conflict within a team. And how did how was it best handled so all members felt they had a voice? even if the decision for addressing that conflict wasn't necessarily agreed upon. So um, I have a, there's a few examples, of course, in, in my experience and in my uh, work and career where I've seen this, but one from a leadership standpoint, I think when I was over a director of an associate degree nursing program, and it was in our nursing faculty meetings, nurses, as I mentioned, often have, you know, strong personalities. We're very smart individuals, very intelligent, and 
come to the table with a lot of great ideas. None of, not all of those ideas match up with maybe um, what needs to happen, but it's always great that all these ideas come to the table. And people are tend to be really attached to their ideas at times and um, think their idea is the best. And so, um, and I think I mentioned this in podcast number one, how, you know, we had struggled in our program with our pass rates. And so when I was brought in, it was to kind of turn that around. So, you know, the strategies of what can we do to turn this around? And I had some ideas of what I felt could happen, but I, I wanted to make sure that everyone else got to voice their ideas and what their ideas were uh, for for resolving uh, a problem that we had. And it ended up, people were very emotional in this meeting. The first meeting kind of blew up a little bit in my face. It was kind of my first wing at it of kind of navigating this and trying to negotiate uh, with people that felt very strongly about something and another, the other party, the opposite side of the table that felt very strongly about their opinion. And so... We didn't have time to resolve it, but we agreed to disagree. But then when we came back the second time, so we, we set another meeting up. I went and got some research on both sides of the coin and had people kind of read that and review it beforehand. But when I came to the meeting, I set the ground rules. So I set some ground rules. I think that's really important when you're resolving conflict and handling conflict. So I talked about what you just mentioned. So we can't snort, we can't eye roll <laughs> when the other side is presenting an option because that discounts it right away and it sets up. Exactly, points, you yes. Know? And so, so you can't do that, can't make faces. We have to be open to each other's opinions. So setting the ground rules about that, respecting, I sort of had to be a sergeant in arms. So I'm like, when someone's talking, we have to let them finish before we share our opinions. So if mm -hmm. I have to, you know, I told them, you know, if we have to get a talking stick and we start passing that around, we're going to do that. And so kind of setting the ground rules and you know, saying we, we don't want it to go the way it did last time. So really, how can we make a difference and change it this time? And, and the second time around, it was much better. I'm not going to say it was perfect, but it was much better. And it gradually, we grew from there. Uh, we grew as a team. We grew working together. And we ended up, you know, going from 56% pass rates within a year to 86. So how amazing is that? Ended up Fantastic. with a really great outcome and growth, but, but it, took some work and took some navigating through some conflict. And, uh, but again, it, the outcomes ended up being positive. Thank you so much, Dr. Stogner. A great example. But now what I would like can is move our discussion a little forward to the topics of power and abuse of power. Mm -hmm. So can you discuss what is meant by both power and abuse of power? Sure. And um, I want to refer the students back to their lesson in module eight sort of goes over this, but part of any leadership role includes a power differential. You tend to be the one making the decisions, generating safe quality care opportunities. I think in nursing, you know, our work tends to involve lives and saving patient lives and improving patient outcomes. So with that comes high energy and intensity. And that's why it's really important in being careful that when you're in that role of power, that you take great care and responsibility to use it appropriately and effectively and not make others feel lower than you or beneath you. And when power is used appropriately, it includes having a voice, 
This promotes collegiality. We talked about that in conflict resolution and conflict management. When it is ineffective or abused, it can lead to intense communication breakdowns, a lack of respect for those positions in power, a lack of trust for those positions in power, and can get to be a scary situation if it's not handled appropriately. So the things that abuse of power includes are negative, or nonverbal communication. We've talked about what some of those things are. Promoting a fear in staff. So if you don't do this, you know, this is gonna happen. My way or the highway type of thing. You know, if, if you don't do this, you know, you're gonna get reprimanded and you're gonna get written up and things like that. Negative comments about staff to themselves or others, especially in front of people. Cutting someone down in front of their colleagues is very punitive and not caring and really causes some problems. And, and you know, even as um, educators, we have to remember this with our students. You know, it was a, a lesson I learned, you know, when, when we're addressing something that, a behavior that needs to be changed, making sure to do it in private, super important. Hindering success in professional ventures, so sort of keeping someone from moving forward because maybe yeah. you're threatened by them. That happened to me. When I was early in my nursing career, uh, someone got very jealous and it was a scary situation for me. I ended up leaving that position just because I just was, I couldn't deal with that person abusing their power. So super important that we don't hinder success um, and that we, as you promote people, as the people around you are looking good, that makes you look good. And I think people have to remember that. It's not about if someone looks good, that's going to make you look bad because they're better than you. You have to look at it as a team promote others and allow others to enhance their growth, it only makes you look better as a leader. Exactly. Um, stifling of the sharing of ideas or concerns is something else um, that, that is considered abuse of power. So kind of all those things kind of combined lead to that power differential and into where it's abused. And so overall, and you mentioned some, which is great, but as an advanced practice leader, what do you recommend? What are some strategies you would recommend for building that healthy working relationship with your team for effective leadership, fostering of collegiality, and absolutely handling power in a positive nature? Mm -hmm. So having an open door policy, I think is super important. Allowing for staff to voice their opinions and thoughts on things is really important. Making them feel safe to do so, even if you don't necessarily disagree with their idea, you know, that's a really good point. That's something good to think about. I hadn't thought about it that way. So acknowledging, you know, that what they have to say is a good idea and establishing relationships with people, I think is so essential yeah. in the beginning. Yes. Be interested in their lives. You know, how is your daughter doing in college? You know, she just went to college. How are you doing? You know, know what's going on in their lives and be interested in that. I think is important. That helps build that trust. Offering support and guidance when staff are feeling concerned or frustrated. So if you see them worried, yes. reach out. You know, I can tell, you know, this change is really hard on you. And, you know, what can I do to help support you? You know, that's really important. Building up their confidence and not tearing them down, super important as well. Dress manipulative or retaliatory behavior immediately. So don't let other people get bullied. Nip incivility in the bud. Don't let it grow yes. and fester. Super important to stop that uh, behavior. And then I think most importantly, uh, Dr. Simpson, it's really leading by example. So if an unprofessional behavior is conducted by the leader, it will filter down and then it tends to spiral out of control. So you have to set the example, 
you have to be out there um, modeling appropriate behavior and show all the things that we've discussed and talked about on this podcast and all of that will really lend itself to to that open environment for being an effective leader and fostering collegiality all those things are super important those those are some excellent strategies thank you so much i've also seen abuse of power in various levels and of the nursing profession i want to say and so sounds me after all this time and it continues to go on is we're not as that they're young dr stogner how do we change this perception the behaviors that demonstrate abuse of power any any examples or any sharing of ideas sure and it is it's sad that nurses do that and we're known for that and it's always been a a concept and, and a yes. phenomenon that has baffled me because you would think that we would be so supportive of each other, but I think we tend to think, well, I had to pay my dues, so so-and-so's, you know, going to pay their dues now as well. So um, one of the things I think that really helps in preventing this is setting up of mentoring programs uh, for new grads or for um, even new oh, people leadership positions. I've seen that mm-hmm. really well. And you, you choose your nurses that are your really um, strong uh, mentors. They have more of that caring personality, uh, more the nurturing personality, and putting them through a mentoring program, so a training of how to mentor and then have them mentor the new graduates uh, when they come out of school and working with them. You know, I was so amazed. I had a wonderful opportunity um, to go to Japan and we had, Ooh, uh, nice. yeah, I was here in, in Hawaii. We have sort of a, an agreement with the University of Nagasaki. Their students come over here and sort of visit our island and, and see what Hawaii has to offer in our nursing program. And then we a visit over there and we go and visit them and I had the chance to go over and speak at the University of Nagasaki to a group of students and then we were toured and given we it was probably about three or four days where we went and looked at all sorts of different hospitals but one of the things I found so impressive over there is they use a what they call partnership nursing a partnership model and mm-hmm. they partner a always it's always two nurses taking care of patients always 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 and in, in partnering together and they have a more experienced nurse with a new grad or a less experienced nurse and they work together in tandem and they work closely together and and in the care of their patients and how amazing is that and so these new students or new nurses that get out on the floor right away they're paired immediately with a with a more experienced nurse that they watch and everything is done together and um, it was pretty amazing to see Um, we were uh, in an intensive care unit and and just saw this partnership nursing happen and I just was so impressed with that and I that's one of the things we can think about for us in our abuse of power issues in nursing where we tend to eat our young really having those more experienced and seasoned nurses and having them be valued as well in the mentoring exactly. is important really important making a difference so yes. so important I agree so, I just wanted to go over um, some important reminders as we come to the end of this podcast and thinking as an advanced practice leader, the responsibility we all have to ensure that we're supported and provide an environment that fosters growth and success. So some reminders include allowing members of the team to have a voice when conflict arises, just like Dr. Stogner mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast. 
conflict is not necessarily negative. It can absolutely, it juices flow and promote great ideas, promote collegiality, promote growth within the team. And so conflict is not always bad. And so you always just kind of remember that. And reflecting on the points and keeping an open mind of your team and their thoughts, even when it goes against maybe what you're thinking, ideas you have, reflecting on that and allowing yourself the time to think about those ideas and how they may benefit what they're being requested. Awareness of your own style. As we talked about the styles of dealing with conflict, uh, the Thomas Kilman model, kind of thinking how you best handle conflict and are those most appropriate for those times. And keeping in mind other avenues and other opportunities uh, that can be better. Kind of thinking again, just like Dr. Stogner mentioned in the presentation, how does it foster both cooperation as well as assertiveness? And so both sides have uh, openness to the allow for promotion of trust and respect as conflict is being managed. You always want to manage that conflict in a professional and respectful manner with the inclusion of emotional intelligence, allowing yourself the opportunity, again, knowing your triggers, what can you do in those times so that it is a professional collaboration. You want to be sure you're supporting your staff environment that promotes that collaboration. And being mindful of what constitutes abuse of power, as well as leading by example, the big one Dr. Stogner mentioned, that demonstrates a healthy, safe place. So with that said, Dr. Stogner, I really want to thank you again for your great insight today into the topics of conflict management and abuse of power. I really appreciate this additional feedback to support and foster these very important concepts for our leaders of tomorrow. I agree, and you're so welcome. And hopefully our podcast has helped our students do well on their assignment that talks about conflict resolution. So make Absolutely. sure hopefully they listen to this podcast and it will help, help you in your assignment. Uh, so good luck to you in your future nursing adventure students and we look forward to have you listening to us and in the podcast forum again soon so thank you thank you now that you've explored some important concepts related to your modules if you have not done so already please turn your attention to the course materials in your online course for additional application and practice of these concepts